Welcome to the second edition of the Cavs Cutoff Podcast Series presented by Kate 88.1 FM in Columbia, Missouri, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Tonight, we have a special guest joining us, the head coach of the William Woods University Owls in Fulton, Missouri, Brock Nels. Brock, say hello to the folks. How are you doing today? I'm good. Hey, Cam, how are great. you, man? Summer's been great. How's everything been going for you this summer? It's been awesome. So I've had a had a little bit of time to relax, been able to hang out with the kids, hang out with the wife, and the wife's getting into full swing with volleyball right now. So um, schedule's get, about to get busy with the guys coming back, and obviously she started practice too. But things have been really well this awesome, summer. Awesome, awesome. That is great to hear. And for the folks at home who don't know, Coach Brock Nels' wife, Ashley Nels, is the head coach at William Woods University of their volleyball program. So when Brock made the move with his family, his wife, took over the program for William Woods as well. So cool story that um, that they're together and that they get to be at the helm of two programs in Fulton, Missouri. So we will get to a couple of things. But first, Brock, can you give the fans just a little bit of a timeline and outline of your career and what brought you to Fulton, Missouri to be the head coach of the Owls? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I grew up in Hayes, Kansas, out in western Kansas and, and played high school baseball for Frank Leo at Hayes High. Um, then played college baseball at Barton Community College in Great Bend, Kansas, and then Emporia State University um, for Bob Fernelli. And after that, uh, played a little bit of independent ball, did a little bit of that, got released three times. So it was probably a good idea for me to hang it up at that point um, and start the coaching career. And uh, was fortunate enough, Mike Warren at Barton County um, allowed me to come back and help them out and, and, and get my coaching career started. And was there for a little bit, was also at Cloud County Community College as well, and then um, my longest stint in the Jayhawk was with Dodge City Junior College, and, and I was there for five years before I got the job um, in Fulton at William Woods, and and it's been great so far, and I've been really fortunate to to be a part of a university and part of a program that um, fits everything that we were looking for as a family, and um, we're really excited about being in Fulton and what's going on at, at William Woods. Now, let's talk a little bit about that Jayhawk conference. It's one of the highly renowned uh, junior college junior college conferences in the country. Jayhawk Conference is known for heavy hitters and things like that. With pitching staff and things like that that I'm sure you had to handle in the Jayhawk Conference, how hard was it to go out every single weekend and compete compete with those big hitters? Well, I think you said it best with the Jayhawk Conference. Um, it's a Man, it's a very competitive league and a very competitive conference, both on the East and West. And um, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about your ball club um, going in week, each weekend and facing each team in the, in the Jayhawk Conference because at any point, any team could beat anybody um, on any given weekend. So um, it's very similar to the AMC as well. And I, I think it was, it was a great uh, – obviously, I, I enjoyed my time in the Jayhawk and I enjoyed my time in junior college. And, um, again, I learned a lot coach and learned a lot, a lot about our guys, but um, really enjoyed my time at the Jayhawk. So in working in the junior college realm for so long and then transitioning to the four-year universities, what changes did you see? I know you said that it's a little bit similar, but what changes did you see with having to deal with guys that come in and some guys will be transfers, some guys will be four-year guys? Did your philosophy change at all as a coach or just how you handle guys? <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't think my philosophy changed so much. Uh, I think it was a. It was a thing. It took a little more time to understand that um, you you get them for four years if you if you get some high school guys rather than just get them for two. So 
in a, at the junior college, you never see the finished product because um, you get them for two years, they're in, they're out, uh, and they move on. Um, being at uh, a four-year university now, you get to see those, you get to see those guys grow up, um, not only as baseball players, but as men as well. And uh, I think that's what I enjoy the most is being able to see them every day for an extended period of time to where you can see them mature and, and see them grasp what it takes to be not only a good baseball player, but a good student and, and a good man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you seen any guys that have been able to translate to the professional game or rise up in the professional ranks that you've been able to coach? Um, yes, I've been around some, um, trying to think off the top of my head. Um, haven't had a whole lot of guys that have, uh, made it to the big leagues or anything like that. But, uh, one, one comes to mind was Ross Vance. He was a left-handed pitcher for us. Um, he's with the Cardinals right now. Uh, he was a guy that was, he was never a velo guy or anything like that. Um, but he had a high leg kick and he had some funk to him and he, and he threw from different angles and um, he was, he was doing well in system after he left Dodge city, he went to West Virginia university and, and was a starter for their program as well in, in their rotation. So that's one guy that comes off to the top of my head that um, is in the pro ranks right now. And then uh, I got to be around my cousin, Andy Tracy, who was with the Expos, um, he was with the Phillies when they won the World Series with Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins and, and, and all those guys and got to pick his brain some. And, and he's been a guy that um, that obviously he's, he's been around the game a lot. And so he's always a guy with him and my father and my uncle. Uh, we try to talk baseball as much as we can. Brock knows I'm a big Cardinals fan. I know a lot about Ross Vance, first team all Jayhawk West awardee while he was in the junior college ranks under – Brock Nell's tutelage as well as second team all region during his time there as well. So a guy that hopefully can rise to the ranks and help out the big league club because they sure need it. Brock, let's transition to a couple of questions um, about your summer and some things that, um, you know, the, the fans might want to hear about William Woods University baseball. You know, how was the summer recruiting landscape this summer for you with you and your staff? And then were you able to fill the program's primary, primary needs of guys that have uh, moved on from the program? Yeah, uh, I think we did a good job. Uh, uh, obviously, our staff with, with with Chris Fletcher and we've got a new graduate assistant, Jake Alexander. And um, John Cabinets was a big part of it, too, as well. He's he's obviously moved on uh, to State Fair Community College now as their pitching coach. But um, those guys did a tremendous job. And I think we put a, we put a good class together and um, we only needed to get about three or four guys this summer, which doesn't happen very often. Um, we did a pretty good job in the fall and the spring of getting guys signed and getting guys on board. But um, I think we got better this summer. We signed some guys who are going to make impact. And and that's what all of our guys want to make a big impact. Um, and when they get here, they'll understand that they have to make those a lot of small impacts before they can be a big impact guy. And so um, I think we, we got a lot of guys who are going to fit um, what we're trying to do uh, as a program. And we're excited about it. Great. That's great to hear. And And one guy that I know in particular – that you've brought onto the program is Alex Weimer, kind of a guy that was a little bit of a late bloomer. Yeah, absolutely. Originally, and then decided that he was going to stay closer to home and go to William Woods. Just because I have such a close relationship with Alex Weimer, could you talk a little bit about why you wanted to recruit him? What did you see in him that you thought would translate well to your program? Well, yeah, we're, we're excited about Alex and, and we feel like we got to steal with him. Um, man, he is a, he is an athletic competitive kid and that's in everything i mean you watch him play play basketball you you watch him 
at shortstop. You watch him at the plate. Um, he's a guy that he's going to give your he's going to give you his very best every time out, and he wants to win no matter what it is. And um, he's just one of those guys that he's going to find a way to get it done. Um, he's going to make all the routine plays. Um, he's going to he's going to play he's going to play his tail off for you. So we're excited about what he's going to do for the next four years. And and like I said, with a, with our group, we got a bunch of guys like that um, that we're really excited about. The William Woods University Owls lost their starting shortstop, Frankie Valley, who was a senior last year by way of Las Vegas, Nevada. And Jordan Smith was another guy that played a little bit at shortstop. We saw Connor Paulson on the left side of the infield as well. So some new guys in, a, a lot of new guys in the mix as the Owls lost a plethora of seniors, including Tyler Cunningham, uh, Patrick, Patrick Dillon was another guy, Josh Nickel, um, Ryan Furtney on the hill, a lot of guys to replace. And, Brock, as you look forward to next season, you know, what are, you know, for the 2019 season for the coaching staff and then for the players? Well, I think as a, as a program, as a whole, um, our ultimate goal is to get the World Series. And you can say what you want. Um, we feel like we're pretty close. And obviously it's August right now, and we're not going to know really what our group is like until April and May. Um, but we feel like we've put a group together that has a chance to make a run. Um, obviously, like I said, we want to get to the World Series. Uh, we want to win the conference tournament. We want to make an opening round. But I think our, our biggest goal is to be playing good baseball at the end of the year. Uh, we know it's going to be a process. We know we're not going to be very good right now when we start fall practice. Um, but that's okay. As long as guys understand, um, we're, going to be, we're going to be in the right spot at the right time, and, and we're going to make the best of what we have. Now, different programs will do it a little bit differently. You've got some programs that will practice every single day, some that will go three times a week and get in the weight room a little bit. What does that look like? Give us a little bit of insight into what the fall program looks like for the Owls this fall. Yeah, with the, with the fall, it is a little bit different. We talked about junior college, too. Like junior college, you jump into it right away. Um, it's a, it's a, you're, at the, you're at the field, you're in the weight room, you're doing it every single day um, for basically two months. And, and obviously with some NAI rules, there's a little bit – it's a little bit different. There's things that we can and can't do. Um, but what we do when they get into school, they get, they have to go through their physicals. Um, they have to do their test ins with our strength and conditioning coach, uh, make sure they're in shape and, and ready to go. And obviously they're starting classes as well. And, and for some of those guys, they, they haven't had a workload like that. So it, it takes a little bit of time for them to, uh, to adjust to it. So what we do is the first couple of weeks, we're just in the weight room. Um, they're obviously, they can do their own stuff when it comes to going to the field and playing catch and getting some extra work in. And then after Labor Day is when we start our fall practice. And we'll go about six or seven weeks um, to where we're obviously impl implementing our system, um, getting, getting used to guys, getting guys comfortable with what we're trying to do. And, uh, and then we're going to try to play as, as many inner squads as we can. So um, we think it's, a, it's an important part of our program is to see those guys in competitive uh, situations to where they're playing as much as possible because um, we feel if they, if they can adjust to that, to the speed of the game, um, then they're going to be more prepared for the spring. You talk a little bit about the speed of the game, and you know that's something that's always hard for younger guys to adjust to. Some guys it may take a couple months. Some guys it might take the full season. How much do you rely on the guys that have been around, the incoming juniors, the incoming seniors, to kind of help those younger guys get acclimated to the program, get acclimated to the college life? Well, and we rely on them very heavily because we, we tell our guys all the time that, that William Woods is a player's program. 
Um, good teams, coaches lead, great teams, players lead, special teams, um, players and coaches lead. So this is their program, um, and they, they can take it and run with it. And we, we rely a lot on the guys who have been there, who have experienced it, to, to take the other guys and say, hey, this is how we do it. This is a certain way that we do it. Um, it's, it's not going to be a negative thing or anything like that. They're going to stay positive. They're going to push each other. Um, but, yeah, we rely on our guys a lot to hold each other accountable. Now, I know you talked about earlier in our dialogue about, you know, the goal for the Owls is to make the NAIA World Series in Lewistown, Idaho. And, you know, you've got somebody in Chris Fletcher who has some playoff experience, a guy who, you know, coached the Truman State Bulldogs, um, you know, for a long time and got a chance to go to Cary, North Carolina in the D2 World Series. Can you talk a little bit about what he's been able to do for the program and how he brings a winning tutelage to Fulton, Missouri? Yeah, and one thing I'll say about Fletch, um, man, he he's a tremendous worker, and he's a guy who's he's going to be open, and he's going to um, do whatever it takes to help you. Uh, if you want to stay after in the cage uh, and get some extra swings, he's going to be there. If he wants to, if you want extra ground balls, he's going to be there. Um, and I think he's the more and more. Obviously, when I took over this program, the more and more we've got comfortable in the last couple of years with each other. And so um, he's a guy. Who, he's a very important part of our program and what we're doing. Um, and he's helped, he's helped me out tremendously with getting used to William Woods and getting used to the program and getting used to the guys that first year especially. And so um, he's a guy that if we didn't have him, we'd be in a, a completely different situation in my opinion. So um, very, very glad that I, I get to work with him every single day. Um, and he brings, he brings so much more than just the game of baseball to the table with our guys and with our program. And correct me if I'm wrong, Chris Fletcher is in his second stint with William Woods, correct? Yes, he is. He was well, he played here for two, he played at Woods for two years. He was a graduate assistant for two years. Then he went to Truman State for the one the year they went to the World Series, and then he came back after that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. In the last podcast, we had the opportunity to have Zach Larkin on the assistant baseball coach for Lewis University, mm-hmm. and uh, Chris coached him for a long time. And Zach has nothing but great things to say about Chris Fletcher. So that goes hand in hand with the comments that you just made. So, um, you know, let's circle back to the conference a little bit. You saw a team in Lyon last year that made it to the NAIA World Series. Seeing a team like that be able to make it to the big stage in the NAIA, does that add a little bit more fuel to the fire? Does it allow you guys to see, okay, some, some teams in the AMC can really compete at that level? Yeah, and and Lyon made it to the opening round and Freed made it to the World Series, which – um, that's just a testament to our, to our conference as a whole that, man, there's some, there's some really good teams in our conference. And I, I think the biggest thing is, is kind of like what we talked about with the Jayhawk too. Every single weekend, anybody could beat anybody. Um, you can talk, you can talk about us. You can talk about line. You can talk about freed. You can talk about Missouri Baptist. You can talk about, uh, Columbia, Harris Stowe, like, Central Baptist had a ninth round pick with them this past year. Like there's a lot of really good baseball teams um, with a lot of talented baseball players. And so um, every weekend, man, it's a dogfight. And as a, as a competitive guy and a leader of a competitive program, that's what you want. You want to, you want to get everybody's very best every single weekend. And obviously that's what Lion and Freed and, and Mobap, that's what they're going to get. They're going to get everybody's best. And um, I think people are starting to realize that, that we're, we're a very successful program. We've had a lot of success in the past, and um, 
it's time for us to take that next step. And again, like we said before, I'm really excited about what's going on with Woods Baseball and, and the direction we're headed. And I think a lot of times people think about the NAIA and, you know, they think that maybe not great players come through uh, the level or, um, you know, that, it, that that view is a little bit jaded. But you see guys like Ben Madison last year in Central Baptist get drafted in the top 10 rounds. I mean, we saw that guy in Fulton last year, and he was absolutely shoving the baseball. Yeah, and like, like I said, he's, he, he was extremely talented. And um, he's a guy that he's going to have to make some adjustments at the pro ranks and become a little bit more of a pitcher rather than thrower. But, man, he had electric stuff. And obviously you got to tip your cap because he, he shut us down for seven innings and we were very fortunate to, to find a way to beat him. But um, that's, a, that's one guy that you can talk about. You can talk about Andrew Warner from Columbia, who uh, in my mind he was a professional hitter for the last three years of college um, with what he did and the numbers he put up and, and the type of – type of at-bats that he put together. And um, those are just two of some really good baseball players in our conference. And um, it's, it's good baseball. And, and I, tell, I tell guys all the time um, when we're recruiting them, don't worry about the NAIA, D1, D2. Uh, find the right fit because good baseball is good baseball um, no matter where you're at. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I've got to give my Cardinals plug right here. Andrew Warner just got promoted <laughs> to uh, City, so he's now with – uh, the single A affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals now, um, so it's pretty pretty cool to see guys like that that you got a chance to compete against. You know, make it um, to the pro ranks and continue to progress. So that that's great for Andrew, and I'm sure here yeah, it is. in the next couple of years we'll see some William Woods Isles hitting the pro ranks as well. So uh, would like to, yeah, absolutely. Great, great. So you know, one more question about the conference in general. You know, we know that um, teams like Freed Hardman, teams like Missouri Baptist and teams like Lyon, they, they reload every year, whether they get transfers, whether they're, you know, producing guys and, and growing them from the freshman level. How do you as a program try to compete with the, with the heavy hitters in the conference? Because, you know, William Woods is really in the mix last year with, um, with finishing as well as you guys did at 31 and 24, 12 and, or 15 and, uh, and 17, um, or actually, sorry, 17 and 13 in the conference. Yeah, uh, like I said before, those those are some really quality programs um, with some really good guys leading leading those programs. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is being consistent from game one to game fifty five. Uh, I think you can look back at last year, and there's probably there's about a month where everybody was talking about us and and how successful we were and, and we were playing well. And um, I think the biggest thing with us is like being consistent throughout the entire year. And like I said before, we're really, really close. Um, the guys that we brought in, we, we, we filled in some holes that we were losing with. Obviously, you talked about Tyler Cunningham. You talked about Nolan Heron, Josh Nickel, um, Danny Paradis, Giroud, Ryan Fertney. Uh, those guys, I, it, it was, it's going to be tough to replace those guys. But, again, I thought we did a really good job of bringing in the right guys. And, and that's what it is. You've got to bring in some talented baseball players that are going to fit into your program, and, and they're going to check their egos at the door and, and buy into what we're doing as a, as a group, as a family. And um, if you do that, you have a chance to have a special season. Absolutely. That is great to hear. You know, a great program at William Woods University. I'd recommend any player to, you know, take a look at the program because they've got good things coming and they're doing very well um, in progressing with Brock Nels at the helm. So, Brock, let's let's put a little spotlight on you right now. You know, I know you've only been at William Woods for a couple years and, and hopefully you've got a long time left there, but what has been the most satisfying accomplishment that you've reached during your time at the helm? 
Well, I think um, the most satisfying thing, and I, I'm going to have to think about this a little bit, but um, when I took over this program, um, it's been a very successful program for a long time, for the last 10, 15 years with Darren Munns and, and Craig McAndrews. Um, they're a big part of building this program and, and making it successful. Um, when those guys left, there could, it could have been a thing where the wheels fell off and um, it could have been tough for, for William Woods baseball. Um, but I think the most satisfying thing is, is being able to see um, that we kept it afloat uh, whenever, whenever you have three head coaches in three straight years, three different head coaches in three straight years, um, it can take a toll on the program. And I think what we did is, is we we kept it afloat and, and we're building it to where um, where it's been and, and we're excited where it's going. I think that's been the most satisfying thing. And um, I think an, another thing too is just seeing our guys grow and mature. And we talked about it a little bit before too is. Uh, you get to see those guys every single day. And, and Ryan Furtney got married and he's having his wedding reception in a couple of weeks and, and seeing those guys graduate and seeing those guys move on. Um, that's a satisfying thing as a coach because uh, we're not doing it for the paycheck. That's not, that's not what we're about. Um, we don't have the, the bells and whistles of the, the big time facilities or anything that, anything like that. So um, building those relationships with the guys, and seeing them grow up and mature and become young men and um, see them have success after baseball. I think that's the most satisfying thing. And that's really refreshing to hear a program that's straight by the book, guys that come in and just want to compete and play baseball and, you know, take care of the business in the classroom when so many other things are going on in the college game. You know, it's always good to see a program where guys are focused and, you know, guys want to come out and compete and play for each other. So um, that's always the most um, refreshing thing to see is a program where you know the the game is pure and and the the, the guys who represent the program are pure. So, um, you know, one last thing, coach, I, I've got to give uh, the plug here. I, I know you're a big Rockies fan today, but um, you know the Rockies did lose today to the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, eight to four. No, they won. They they won in eleven. Did they not? I thought they won in eleven innings. Oh, that was. Did they not? That was yesterday. Eight four was yesterday. Is that the wrong score? Yeah. My bad. They did. They did uh, get a victory today. I saw the Trevor Story home run. Glad that Nolan Arenado did not hit that home run. So, <laughs> Matt Carpenter, yeah. uh, twenty nine home runs right now for the Cardinals. He does lead uh, the NL in home runs and, and set a new career high today. So, uh, Cardinals and the, and the Rockies are, are neck and neck. Rockies are fifty eight yeah. and fifty two. Cards are fifty eight and fifty four. So they're going for that NL wild card spot. What do you expect from your Rockies? Well, I, I think the big thing with the Rockies is they spent a lot of money on the bullpen, and the bullpen struggled the last couple of weeks. So uh, they need to figure that out a little bit, um, shore, shore that up, and find a guy who can take care of the seventh. And, and I think I think Wade Davis will come around in the ninth, and obviously Adam Ottavino's had a great year so far. But um, I think if they shore up their bullpen, they'll be fine. they gotta, they got to they gotta find a way to get through this funk a little bit. they got to find some toughness and some resiliency. But I think they'll come out of it, and, and it's a – it's always nice when the Rockies are playing meaningful games um, at the end of the year, towards the end of the year, and being in a race. So, um, as a Cardinals fan, you're you're very used to it. Uh, as a Rockies fan, can't say that all the time, but it's been nice the last couple of years for for them to be right in the mix. And um, obviously, if you have Nolan Arenado as your guy, you're going to have a chance to to win a lot of ball games. So, uh, if their pitching continues to do what they do and they shore up their bullpen, they got a shot. Well, at least we've got something in common with both of our teams is that we both have an individual on the squad that could be the NL MVP at the end of the year. And I'll tell you, I've got Adam Ottavino on my fantasy team. So 
sometimes I do have to. He's, kill, he's killing it. Yeah. He's killing he's it. He's doing great. He, he gets me an average of about four or five points a day. So I can't, I can't complain about that. So, uh, yeah. you know, Coach Brock Nels, we thank you so much for joining us today on the Camp Cutoff podcast. We hope to have you again. Um, good luck as the guys get to campus here in the next couple of weeks, get things started. And we really do look forward to the spring and seeing what the Owls can do in the AMC this year. Absolutely, Cam. I appreciate you having me, and and I look forward to seeing you in the spring. And uh, I know we'll get it, we'll have a chance to talk more a little bit too. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Coach Brock Nels, on the Cam's Cutoff Podcast Series, presented by KCOU eighty-eight point one FM in Columbia, Missouri. We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for joining us.